as training camp opens for the Green Bay Packers, did you ever think that the deal Aaron Rodgers signed for was actually that, a deal? We'll talk about that as well as the Brewers, who are playing some good baseball coming out of the All-Star break. We've got some NBA news and some this, that, and the other things to wrap things up on this episode of the 414 Sports Podcast. Let's go. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in. This is the 414 Sports Podcast. I'm Don Wachillis. Thank you so much for logging in and joining us. As always, whether you've done so on Spotify, Google, Apple, or any of the other five platforms that we currently reside on, so happy to have you to take a few moments of your time to join us here on today's podcast, on this current episode, in which, as I noted, we're going to talk about not only the Packers, But something struck me with some of the news that's been coming forth with some other quarterbacks signing their deals. And I think the Packers may have done the right thing in signing Aaron Rodgers when they did because had they signed him after some of these other things have taken place, I'm not quite sure we would have got the same market value for the four-time MVP. We'll get to that in just a moment. We'll talk about the Brewers who, as of when we're putting this podcast together, had a great walk-off win against a very snarly Minnesota Twins team and some interleague play. We'll get to that. We've got some Bucks and NBA news, and then we'll have some odds and ends to close things up on today's episode. But let's get and kick off first with the fact that training camp has opened for the Green Bay Packers. And outside of Aaron Rodgers going all con air and showing up in a video that on social media and the various TV networks has been played over and over and over again, the fact that training camp has started means kind of two things for us here in the 414. One, it's the excitement of knowing the NFL season is almost upon us. But number two, that's usually we've hit the top of the bell curve and we're starting to wean our way out of summer. So that part of it isn't always the greatest, but the fact that the Packers have reported means now that the quest to try and get Aaron Rodgers another Super Bowl has once again begun. Now, a couple of news and notes before we get into this uh, quarterback contract scenario that I alluded to. Number one was that Mason Crosby, had his right knee scoped a couple of weeks ago. Now, Mason Crosby has been one who has not missed any preseason games in his career. Doesn't feel as if he misses a couple this year. It will be the end of the world. I think Mason Crosby has been one of those guys who's just been a stellar uh, asset for the Green Bay Packer organization, but he too is getting up in years. And we saw some consistency issues last year. Now, I firmly believe the consistency issues came from the Packers 
moving and uh, uh, flipping around their long snapper, what, six, seven, eight weeks into the season, whatever, wherever it was, that suddenly they got a new long snapper. And that, from that point forward, created a, a lot of issues for the special teams. Now, the special teams had issues all throughout the season, but that in which the Packers decided to remove their long snapper and bring in someone else really turned the tide for Mason Crosby. So hopefully that will get itself resolved. Hopefully Mason Crosby, after getting that knee cleaned out, will be just fine, and hopefully we get the Mason Crosby that we're used to because he's been nothing short of consistent, though we alluded to what the issues were last year. Also, the other story coming in as Packer camp opens itself up is the fact that David Bakhtiari is on the pup list. And there's still no timeline for when Bakhtiari is set to return from that ACL injury. I I have question marks about it. I don't I, I wish I wish the Packers were a little bit more forthcoming in what the setbacks have been. We know that Bakhtiari tried to push it maybe a little bit last year in playing in that final regular season game, which just erased him from the playoffs. The knee apparently wasn't ready, even though he may have felt it. And whether or not it was he who did the pressuring or the organization, that will remain to be seen. But obviously, being on the pup list to start this year, David Bakhtiari is not 100% healthy, though from all reports, it seems as if he is quite optimistic, though, moving forward. So hopefully Bakhtiari will uh, get himself good and healthy and become that anchor on the left side of the line because it will be imperative if the Packers offensively, as we've talked about time and time again with the way the receiving core is, that left side is ever so important, and having him there to anchor it down is going to be a key factor if the Green Bay Packers are going to make a significant run in the playoffs. So while we're talking football and as camp opens and people are scratching and stretching for uh, the first time this season, and so are the reporters, everybody's looking for a story because they've got to file one. One thing that struck me was a story that came out the other day regarding Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray just signed a new five-year contract worth $230 million. He got $29 million in a signing bonus, and of that contract, $160 million of it is guaranteed. Now, the, con- the contract itself is for a longer duration than what Aaron Rodgers has. But when we talk about $160 million of it guaranteed, there's a little bit of compatibility there with the numbers that Aaron Rodgers had. Won't even get into Deshaun Watson, who was well over 200-some-odd million, all guaranteed, and we know that as of today, everybody is sitting around waiting for the judgment to come down on what his penalty will be with all of the allegations that were brought towards him, the amount of money these quarterbacks are getting, think if the Packers would have waited. What if the Packers would have waited till now and said, we're going to play our cards, see what happens, and then when training camp is up and ready to roll, we'll make an offer. 
if Aaron Rodgers is getting $150 million when he signed his contract, he's well, well over 275 right now. And people might argue that number, but when you see the Deshaun Watsons, the Kyler Murrays of the world getting the amount of money that they're getting, I can't imagine had Aaron Rodgers waited what he would have gotten, especially when you find out that in Kyler Murray's contract, they had written in that he needs to spend at least four hours a week, essentially on his iPad, studying his playbook. Kyler Murray is a very, very talented athlete. Kyler Murray in an article, I don't know if it was the New York Times or one of, one of the New York publications, last year talked about how instinctive football is. And I think with Arizona investing that kind of money, they want to make sure it's more than just instinctive. And here's what I'm getting at. And I've said this before, talking about Cam Newton. Some players have unbelievable athletic ability. Incredible athletic ability. Almost superhuman. I mean, there was a reason Cam Newton would look like he was, you know, ripping his jersey off to have the Superman logo underneath. His athletic ability was uncanny. But at some point, whether it's age or injury, or you take those two and couple it with the fact that everyone has tendencies. And once people have figured out what your tendencies are, you have to alter it. And if you're not studying the game, you can't alter it. That's where I think Arizona is nervous. I think Arizona is nervous in that they've heard Kyler Murray make those comments. They know what he's been like in and around that locker room, so they felt the need, in essence, to put a homework contract within the contract. Some of you may have had a homework contract. I know as an educator, I wrote a bunch of them, trying to entice an individual to do their homework, to hopefully make them in my case, a better student, in this case, a better quarterback. So the Cardinals felt the need to put that in his contract. It's going to backfire big time. It's going to backfire on him that somebody felt he needed that in the contract, and it's going to backfire on the Cardinals for actually putting that in. It's not a good look for either he or the Cardinals, especially when you've invested now over $230 million into this individual. So the more I keep reading about the Kyler Murrays of the world and the Deshaun Watsons and seeing the instances that take place with regards to their contracts, I couldn't help but wonder what would an Aaron Rodgers go for on the market right this minute? Not a few months ago, but right this minute. Aaron Rodgers set the table. Jack the table up for these other quarterbacks to get paid. Had he waited, what would the number been? I think it's I think it's a fascinating discussion, and I think it's one that's probably happening at local taverns all around the state of Wisconsin and elsewhere as training camp we note it open. So we'll stay on top of training camp. I want to remind you next week, we'll spend the next week and a half, almost two weeks, and we'll break down each and every division within the NFL. We'll start with the NFC North. We'll do that on Monday. 
We'll start with the NFC North, and we'll break down each and every division, get through both the NFC and the AFC at the end of each conference. So for the NFC, we're going to end things on the NFC East. We'll make our pick who we think will represent the NFC East in the Super Bowl. Once we get on the AFC side, when we get to the end, we'll figure out who we think will represent the AFC and then make our final Super Bowl prediction based off of that and have a little bit of fun as the season is up and underway. Time to take a quick break. On the other side of the break, Milwaukee Brewers playing some good baseball coming out of the All-Star break, and we'll talk about the Brew Crew in just a sec. All right, welcome back. Let's talk some Brewer baseball. The Brewers playing some winning baseball coming out of the All-Star break, going 3-1 and one against the Colorado Rockies. Had a chance to go for the sweep. Couldn't get any offense on Monday night, losing to Colorado 2-0. And then last night took on the Minnesota Twins. And last night being as we're putting this podcast together in Luis Urias, does it again. This clip is courtesy of Bally's Wisconsin and Brian Anderson. Third, Duffy deals. Urias fly ball right field. Back on it is Kirilov. Tagging at third is McCutcheon. Throw to the plate. Never going to make it. Ball game over. Luis Urias delivers again. A walk-off sacrifice fly. And the Brewers win 7-6. to six. So that was game one of a two-game set against the Minnesota Twins. They're actually playing right now as we're putting this podcast together. The Brewers have a 3 nothing lead in the first inning, so hopefully that will continue throughout the afternoon and find themselves sweeping the Minnesota Twins. Right now, the Brewers 10 games above five hundred. They have <laughs> the one-game winning streak against... Uh, the Minnesota Twins, but it puts them three games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals in the division. So with the Cardinals losing to the Toronto Blue Jays last night, the Brewers getting that nice walk-off win, it gives them a three-game advantage. And we've said this time and time again, the more space now you can put yourself as opposed to the St. Louis Cardinals. If you can increase that gap, increase that lead steadily here, heading into August and through the month of August, we know what the Cardinals can do at the end of at the end of August and early September as far as winning baseball goes. If you can increase that gap and give yourself a little bit of cushion, that should help the Milwaukee Brewers win the NL Central. Now, if the Brewers are going to do anything in the playoffs, they're going to need a game like last night, not necessarily from the pitching standpoint because – we're going to need Peralta back as quickly as possible. With that said, though, we need a healthy Peralta back. We can't have him coming back early just to satisfy a pitching staff that has struggled on the latter half of its starting rotation. But 
The Brewers last night against a really pesky Minnesota Twins team found ways to generate runs, to get hits, and to do what they did there with Urias getting the walk-off sacrifice to bring Willie McCutcheon home. That's the type of baseball this team is going to have to figure out how to do time and time again, unless somehow somebody sprinkles fairy dust over American Family Field and the offense suddenly erupts and wakes up in the latter half of the season, this is a ball club that's going to have to generate runs, that's going to have to get some timely hitting, and it's going to have to play some percentages, much like last night, where all you needed was that deep fly ball, which Urias gave you to score on a tag up, on a tag up, on a tag from third base for McCutcheon to score. Those are the types of incidents you're needing for this Milwaukee Brewer team to move forward and make potentially a deep run in the baseball playoffs. So with that, we'll move over to the NBA in just a moment. We've got some news regarding uh, Giannis and his family, both on and off the court. We'll get to it in just a sec. Welcome back in as we talk about our Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks have unveiled their new Fear the Deer Statement Edition uniforms, which are kind of sharp. They're black with white lettering and white numerals. Um, it's better if you get an image of it. So I'm not going to sit here and try to describe it because I won't do it justice, that's for sure. But they're, they're, they're sharp, and uh, I think... People are going to love it, and I think people are going to find themselves headed to uh, headed to the pro shop in order to pick those up. Some other news is the fact that Alex Antetokounmpo has gotten his rights picked up by the Wisconsin Herd, the G League affiliate of the Milwaukee Bucks. So Alex will become a part of the organization starting at least in the interim with the Milwaukee Bucks G League organization. Once again, that's the Wisconsin Herd. And Giannis and his brother have also opened up a store in the Athens airport in Greece. So Giannis now heading into a little bit of entrepreneurship uh, heading into next season. One of the things we're going to be talking about here in the near future uh, when we have a minute once things settle down as we do this whole tour of uh, the various conferences within the NFL the uh, various divisions, I should say, within the conference of the NFL, is talk a little bit about Chris Middleton. There's already uh, a look at Chris Middleton in in many NBA journals with regards to after this year, that free agency, the player option, all of those things, and what that could mean for the Bucks and luxury tax, and, and will Chris Middleton be one of those focal points? Could Chris Middleton find himself traded before it gets to that point? It's way, way too far in the future right now to really dive deep into it, but it's worth a peek, and we'll do that, as I said, 
a little bit later in one of our future episodes. And with that said, we'll wrap things up today with some odds and ends, and we'll do it right after this. Welcome back as we get ready to wrap things up on this episode. I want to talk once again about the Live Golf Tour. I'm fascinated by this. I've been fascinated to listen what people's opinions are, and they've been all over the spectrum. Um, Some of the opinions that I've heard, I thought that's what I would be hearing, but some of the others I've heard have been uh, a little surprising. I'll just say, say it that way. And so we know that the PGA and its partners in Europe, uh, the DP Tour, said that if you if you resign, if you leave, if you become a part of this, you will no longer have Ryder Cup status. You can't play in the Ryder Cup, which in the golfing world is one of the most prestigious, we'll say teams, that you can be a part of. Being an individual sport, the Ryder Cup, more of a team element to it, And so to be a part of the Ryder Cup is a major accomplishment. And so when Sergio Garcia said, listen, I'm done. I'm going to the Live Tour. I've had enough, blah, blah, blah. Now, Sergio does have quite the opinion sometime. He's now told the DP World Tour, hold on. I'm not quite sure I'm ready to resign from you guys. Because if I do resign, I lose my Ryder Cup status. And there were some players at the Open that got in Sergio's ear and said, like, what are you doing? I mean, I, I get you're upset. I get you you were um, – angry is not the right word, but frustrated with the way the PGA and DP Tour were doing some things. You went to the Live Tour. You got paid. But what are you doing resigning and losing potential eligibility for the Ryder Cup? And after those players got in his ear, specifically John Rahm, a fellow Spaniard, got in his ear – he now is saying, you know what, hold up, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to resign. Now, it was reported that Bubba Watson is headed for the Live Tour. Now, I'll say this again. The Live Tour has gotten some good players. They've gotten players who are, A, essentially past their prime, who would be great players on the senior tour, but essentially past their prime. And secondly, players that haven't shown a great deal of success in the last three to five years. Now, you could say Bryson DeChambeau, you know, the mad scientist, but we also know that Bryson has had that wrist injury. And as I said before on an earlier podcast, I really think DeChambeau jumped to the lift tour to get his money because he's not sure, A, if he'll be able to play golf the way he was designing his body to play the game. So as the Live Tour continues to try and grab players to come join them, at some point, let's hope that the Live Tour, the PGA Tour, the DP Tour, all of them can sit down at a table and figure this out. At some point, they've got to sit down and figure this out. I think the PGA stance 
though I understand it, isn't going to work moving forward. Especially now that the Open, the U.S. Open, these major championships have not necessarily held the stance that you did. So some of these players, for instance, Bubba Watson and Sergio Garcia, are like, okay, I'm going to go get paid as long as I can still play in these majors. I'm good. And so unless these majors decide to change their stance on the Live Tour, it might be time for the PGA Tour and the Live Tour to sit down at the table and figure something out. With that said, it's time for us to end this edition of the 414 Sports Podcast. I'm Don Wachillis. Thanks for much, as always, for logging in and listening. Be good. Take care of one another. (laughs) 